Comedian and actor Kevin Nealon is TV royalty. He starred in Saturday Night Live from 86 to 1995. He had roles in Happy Madison, The Wedding Singer, Anger Management, Father of the Year. He played Doug Wilson on the Showtime series Weeds and is currently touring with his comedy show. And this weekend he's performing at Chicago City Winery. I know there's still tickets available for Sunday's show at citywinery.com slash Chicago. He's also coming back in April to McHenry's Vixen. And Kevin's also got a new book out called I Exaggerate My Brushes with Fame. And the very funny Kevin Nealon joins us right now. Hey, Kev. Hey, how are you, Dave? I hey, am I am great. Thank you for joining us. You know, thrilled that you're going to be here in Chicago all weekend, but, you know, stand-up is where you started. Yeah, it really was. Stand-up is uh, all I really ever wanted to do, but then these acting things came along, and I thought, hey, why not, right? Right. <laughs> Expand the horizons a little bit, yeah. Well, I will tell you, this morning, I watched your first appearance on The Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson. And that was a time for a comedian. And you think about that today. You think about that before Johnny. That was the place to be. And Carson was all that mattered to get that career going. You're right. You're right. He was the uh, he was the big fish in town. And there weren't as many comedians um, then as there are now. And it was more of a novelty, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We played uh, a little bit of it, uh, bumping into this. Your first joke was about nursing a, a baby bird. And what I noticed, and I always listen for this, is that first big laugh from Johnny, like a good, hearty laugh. And I have to ask you this because you're nervous. You're on stage. Did you hear the laugh? You know, I totally forgot my act walking out there. And <laughs> wow. by the time the last clap ended, I thank God it came back to me. So I was mostly in a dream state. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, no, that was it. Yeah, no question. But, you know, once you know that you've gotten that approval, though, and you hear some laughter happening, not only from the audience, but, again, hearing it from Carson or Ed or whoever's in the the group, that gives you the confidence really to get going and continue the act. Boy, you know what? You are right. You are right. And, you know, he liked it so much, he invited me over to the couch afterwards, which is uh, kind of a great validation. Yeah, and rare. I mean, that is very rare. And I remember he asked you, because I, I saw it, how you felt. And you were very honest. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was really, I felt so great, man. It was the greatest thing I've ever felt in my life. <laughs> because that's what you aspire to do, is to go on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Yeah. And that kind of validates you as a comic. So it does. that's what I did, and, and everything was coming true for me. But that group still today, who are still performing today, that group isn't that big. I mean... I mean, I guess you could add a few people up there, but when you think about the most prominent comedians today, they will tell you that that first time on television was on The Tonight Show and the rest was history, right? Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. But, you know, doing one shot on The Tonight Show doesn't make your career. You have to keep going back and back to do them, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which you did. And, and that's what I did. I kept going back. I yeah, you kept going back. You you did Letterman too, and you know I know you were really good friends with Gary Shandling, and that's kind of what took yep. his career off too in 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 the seventies. I mean, to me, um, and I will tell you this, and we'll talk about this a little later. But you know, it was always as a kid, I always got excited about certain guests going on the show, and I'm and I was young, and when I heard Rickles was on, I'd sneak around the corner corner and just you know <laughs> <laughs> listen and watch yeah. that. But same with Gary, same with Letterman. But I am going to tell you this, that when I know you were on with Conan or with Jimmy, 
you've got a whole cool talk show vibe that that honestly can't be beat. Well, thanks, Dave. I, I mean, I've been doing these uh, talk shows for so long. I've kind of mastered it. And it's interesting, too, because when I started, all the talk show hosts were older than me. And now I'm older than the talk show. These kids. <laughs> so I, kinda, I think I've had more experience even than they have. Yeah. So I feel really comfortable being out there. Yeah. Yeah, no question. Well, you know, in the going back to the days of SNL, you were you were friends also with Dana Carvey. He was signed, and he suggested you, and really that was the beginning of almost a decade on that historic show. Um, yeah, I mean, it was 1986, and it was kind of a resurgence because the year before that, they almost pulled the plug on it because it just wasn't it wasn't um, sinking. You know, the writers weren't sinking with the actors and. You know, people were losing faith in it. And then Lauren did some recasting, and he got some of us that kind of had some chemistry, that knew we had chemistry together. Like Dana was my friend. I was friends with Jan Hooks and even dating her at the time. And, uh, you know, so just kind of thankfully worked out. But even more so, like Lauren just came back to the show, and, you know, it, it's gone in waves, like every show, but that one, I mean, one of the longest-running shows, almost five decades, and it's like a baseball team. It's like your favorite football team. When you're when you're being told that yeah. you're in the rebuilding years now, that has certainly yeah. happened on the show over the decades. It certainly has, and when we were on, we didn't know what was going to happen, so we were basically living week to week out of our suitcase, thinking oh, that geez. the show was going to get canceled. Wow, wow. And it went from Saturday Night Dead to Saturday Night Live back in. <laughs> it did. It did. Well, it was a 12th season, yeah. right? So Madonna was the host, and uh, she read a statement uh, before the opener uh, that said, according to the statement, the 1985-86 season was all a dream, a horrible, horrible dream. <laughs> That's right. Um, <laughs> Which is very Dallas that. <laughs> of that era, yeah. kind of, you know, that this, this season mm-hmm. didn't even happen, but... You know, there were some forgettable seasons. And the cast was you, Dana, Nora Dunn, Phil Hartman, Jen Hooks, Victoria Jackson, John Lovitz, uh, Dennis Miller, A. Whitney Brown. And you were a feature player at first. And But that was just the cool thing to be on that show. And you remember your first sketch, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. It was a Mr. Subliminal. Mr. Subliminal, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is something you kind of carried on through the whole, you know, you carried that on through the show. I mean, that was, I, what What was it like going on that stage for that first time? I know I've seen you talk about this before and read it in your book. Like Lauren was like, did you, did you like, is this what you want to do? Is this, is this the sketch that's yeah, going to make yeah, your debut? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it was such a ride for me because it happened so quickly. I, I think I was notified that I got the show three days before or four days before. Wow. And so we kind of go there and everything is so new to me. I've never done sketches before or characters. So this is all things I had to learn quickly. And that's what I did. When you throw, it's like immersion. They throw you into a situation you kind of learn quickly. And it was exciting. I mean, just being with all these great sketch players and being on Saturday Night Live, which had such a reputation, I was thrilled. It was just, you know, mind-boggling. So at that time when you knew you made it, it was it was SNL and not and not that appearance on Scarecrow and Mrs. King. <laughs> That's right. Well, <laughs> you know the, the the thing that kind of resonates in my mind and always will is the, my first shot on the Tonight Show. That that was more exciting mm. than the Saturday Night Live or Weeds or anything else. Yeah, yeah. No, I would think so. I would think so. And the cast just got bigger: Mike Myers, Chris Farley, Tim Meadows, Chris Rock, Julia Sweeney, Adam Sandler. 
uh, David Spade, Rob Schneider, and then you took over for Dennis Miller at the weekend update chair for a, for a few years. I'm Kevin Nealon, and that's news to right. me, of course. Um, yep. Did you enjoy being, you know, there's there's different, you've, you've taken so many different paths in movies and television and doing the anchor desk and stand up and acting and so forth. Like, did you enjoy being at the anchor desk or was the rest of the work on stage still more appealing to you? Uh, I enjoyed it. I, I always, um, you know, I like the way Dennis did it. I like the way a lot of people did it. But Chevy Chase was really my role model. You know, I like yeah. doing it more as a real newscaster and not mm-hmm. kind of coming after a joke and commenting on it, you know, about yeah. some kind of a stand-up kind of an act. So um, that's what I liked. And so it, I did have kind of a heavy load because I also, unlike Dennis, I had to do sketches afterwards. And I had to, you know, finish writing and, and producing the sketches that I wrote and learn the lines of the other ones. So it was, um, it was kind of a workload for me, but I enjoyed doing it. Now, when you watch SNL today, and I know everybody's a critic, but I mean, when you're a former cast member, you have a little more cachet to kind of think about, and you know the challenges that they have, you know the different casts that they go through and the struggles to find that chemistry and write these great uh, pieces that appear on the show. Like, you know, in the last couple decades, there was another resurgence, you know, there's slow times, there's fast times, you know, what's your thoughts on the show today? Just curious. Uh, Yeah, I think it's always changing with the generations. Um, you know, I looked at some of my old clips with my son because he'd never seen my, my oh, clips. He's cool. uh, 16. He watches all the current ones. And I said, hey, you ever take a look at my uh, lifetime in there? And we sat down and we watched a few and I thought, oh, these are so long. These sketches are so oh, long. Interesting. Interesting. That's what you yeah. thought. Okay. And what did he think of them? So it's more, it's, it's more of an attention deficit uh, span now. People like things quick. No question. Oh, yeah, no. And then those sketches get a quick... Uh, hit on social media, and of course, you have to be thirty seconds maybe to get somebody's attention on social media. So, right. what, what did your son think when he was watching that? Did he feel they were long? Were they f- funny? Like, you know, it's a different time. But, like, what was your son's opinion? Uh, he thought they were cool. He didn't know any of the other actors on there <laughs> for me, so okay. he, he kind of prefers, I think, the current cast of the last. You know, you know, six years or so. We're talking to comedian and actor Kevin Neal, and he's performing at the Chicago City Winery all weekend long. And there's more with Kevin next on 720 WGN. Dave Plyer, 720 WGN. We're talking to comedian and actor, one of the greatest talk show guests, Kevin Nealon. I have to tell you, I, I do always enjoy when you make those rounds on the on the talk shows, especially Conan, who was a writer, I think, during the same time that you were on SNL. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, he was. Conan O'Brien was. um uh, Greg Daniels, who did The Office, and um, Bob Odenkirk, who's Better Call Saul, right, right. he's a writer. Right. Uh, yeah, a lot of writers on that show. Even the talk show about talk shows, the Larry Sanders show, where you made a ton of appearances, you know, and there was something you said on Conan, and I and forgive me for bringing this up because I remember this, watching this, and laughing my ass off, but... Um, you were talking about Gary and you were talking about that, you know, from a tragic standpoint, there was a, there was a robbery and you said the thief took, you know, uh, some personal items and some watches and stuff that meant a lot to you. And the thief took some of Gary's ashes. And then you came back and said, Gary gave them to you while he was still alive. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> but I will tell you something. Um, you never go, do you go prepared for these? I mean, obviously, you know kind of where you want to go, but I never thought like you and Conan were scripted in any means. I felt like you just sat down in the chair no. and you just went. Well, the thing is, Dave, you always come in with pre-interview questions. Yeah. 
and we kind of talk about that with the uh, segment producer beforehand. And we have like maybe three or four different uh, segments uh, that we want to talk about or questions. But my goal is always not to get to those questions. It's to <laughs> to do the, uh, you know, the wise guy banter beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. And but, you know, that there's some favorites that you probably had on Carson, some of the talk shows like, you know, I'm sure Johnny had some uh, information on Rickles, uh, where he was appearing and so forth. But for, for the most part, he could have just thrown those over his shoulder and the rest was history. And that yeah. makes the best television. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um. You wrote a book uh, released last October. Um, it's a story of your journey, um, but it's filled with artwork. Talk about that part of your life because it is ridiculous. I saw a CBS Sunday morning or Saturday morning uh, interview with you on that too. I mean, your your artwork is just phenomenal. Oh, thanks a lot, Dave. I appreciate that. I've always been drawing for most of my life, but I just kind of recently started kind of focusing in on it. And, um, and I, you know, I just really happy the way it turned out. And so I put them all together with, um, uh, into a book where they show, I show my paintings and an opposite page. There's a little anecdote about my experience with that person, because a lot of them are people I know, like Chris Farley or Dana Carvey, right. Lauren Michaels, yeah. uh, Robin Williams. Yeah. The norm, the norm McDonald, the Johnny Carson that I saw, Jim Carrey, Dave Chappelle, they're, they're beautifully done, but you were a young kid when you saw someone drawing a character on a, on a napkin. And, and that's just something you found comfort in, in, in situations in life. Yeah. Yeah. That was really the first thing that sparked me was seeing that drawing on a napkin of just kind of like a sad sack kind of a guy with a big nose. And I just started redoing that over and over. And then I started kind of expanding from there. And I just always loved caricatures at the fairs or the carnivals. And well, my family would go off on rides. I would stay there and watch the guy um, or the girl draw the picture. That's amazing. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Even the table reads at SNL, I remember you said you sketched that. Airports, you do a lot of traveling, you're sketching. Are you sketching? Did you sketch on the way to Chicago here? I probably will, yeah, because interesting people go to Chicago. That's true. <laughs> but yeah, I like to, uh, I sketch the people on airplanes, it gives you stuff to do, or, or, you know, like you said, on the margins of my scripts when we were doing the table reads at SNL, whoever was sitting across from me, I would sketch them, like Chris Farley or whomever. That's cool. Yeah, that's very, very cool. Who was, let me ask you these questions. The, the most fun to sketch that you really enjoyed, the easiest and the most difficult. Let's, let's talk with most fun, that you just love doing it and presenting it to that person. Um, who? Uh, probably Steve Martin. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I'll tell you, most people like their uh, sketches. It's always a little disconcerting for some people to see them. Like I sent one to Matt LeBlanc. Mm-hmm. I've and seen he goes, that uh, he said, I, I love it. I think. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Who was the easiest to sketch for you that you were able to just knock it on and go, wow, look at that. Uh, probably Tom Petty. Mm, which is one of the first, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was, he was near the beginning. It was near the beginning, but I just kind of kept it simple, and that's all I needed for him. Most difficult? Oh, probably myself. Mm, okay. Yeah. All right. I did a couple incarnations of myself, of a lot of hotel rooms on the road, and just couldn't get it to my liking. 
<laughs> and finally, I, I got something. I was say, sort so, of close. So maybe Matt LeBlanc <laughs> was right to a degree. I mean, you want to get it to a point yeah. where you feel it looks like you. Um, yeah, exactly. You're on stage uh, all weekend and on this on this tour. Um, what do you love most about being uh, on stage and doing your comedy? I like the immediate reaction. I like connecting with the audience. Uh, I like uh, being at that comfort level, which I'm at now, where I can just kind of you know riff with the audience and not stick to any kind of a planned act. There's that, and then you know, what do you think about? I mean, you know, it's it's a it's kind of a, a tough environment in, 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 to be politically correct and so forth. I mean, I don't think you ever really talk about things that are controversial that I I don't want to sit and watch. You lose half your audience no matter what you do in that case, but. But there are co- comedians out there that are struggling with that a little bit and, and about being appropriate and so forth. But does it, do you think that takes away from the comedy itself? I think when you're not at freedom to say what's on your mind, I mean, you don't want to say anything that's hurtful to somebody. No, of course not. But I think, you know, you can, um, if you I think it's difficult when you have to censor yourself as you're speaking. But, of course, you, you know the areas that you, you shouldn't make fun of. That was the same as before. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's not crippling, but it does put a little bit of a, you know, ro- a speed bump in your material. No question. No question. Well, you can see Kevin this weekend performing at Chicago City Winery. Tickets are at citywinery.com slash Chicago and Kevin's new book is I exaggerate my brushes with fame again amazing a conversation great journey in there but then also uh, amazing artwork as well have fun while you're in town sir hopefully it's not too cold and and hope to see you soon I really appreciate it thanks Dave it's great talking to you thank you sir